With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays. Today, I have an amazing guest with me, and we are going to be talking about relationships, anxiety, childhood traumas, and how all that relates to one another. So let's welcome Tammy. Hi, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So tell us, tell us your name. Tell us your story. Who is Tammy? Um, my name is Tammy Kefer, and I live in uh, right outside of Denver, Colorado. I've uh, been a psychotherapist for about 20 years now in private practice, and I work with um, adolescents, adults, uh, couples, families around anxiety, depression, trauma, grief. Um, I also became a yoga instructor um, a while ago. And so I sometimes I'll have people come into the office and roll out a mat and I'll put together a sequence uh, for them just depending on what's going on with them as far as uh, what they're struggling with. Beautiful, beautiful. So jumping right in, what is taking that long, hard look in the mirror and working towards self-improvement important? You know, I think that any change that happens in your life has to come from you. Um, It's not going to cut. Well, you can get information from a book. You can get information from podcasts. You can get information. I think that learning and discovering new ways of thinking is, is priceless. But the work has to come from you. And it's oftentimes very scary for people to look in the mirror. I know I've had a hard time looking in the mirror in in the past. Um, But you've got to be able to um, actually look in the mirror and and recognize what you can change. And when you do that, I believe you become more empowered because you take control of the things that you can control instead of waiting for someone else to fix it for you. That it's so good. So in becoming empowered, what exactly does that look like? It's, you know, it's a, to me, it's a feeling. It's a, it's a feeling of, of you, you, we all have fears, but when you become empowered, it's almost like the fear comes along and you say, it's okay, because I know how to handle it. Instead of a fear of, no, 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 go away, or we stuff our feelings or sweep them under the rug or project them out onto other people. But I feel like being empowered allows you to take a look at yourself and know internally that you've got the tools, the strength, the ability to 
to work through those fears and and have a an inner peace in your life at the same time. So it's like inviting that fear in and having a conversation, a relationship with it and understanding it versus just pushing it away. Yeah, I think so often when fears come in, our first inclination is to make it go away or to fix it. Um, you know, we often, I think that, that medicine definitely has a place and time. Uh, but I think that sometimes it's a quick fix or sometimes people rely solely on medicine. And, um, and while I absolutely believe in medicine for, for, um, to help take the edge off or to help um, internally what's going on chemically, at the same time, sometimes you just have to feel what, feel your feels. Um, it's uncomfortable. But when you can do that, it also gives you a confidence that, that whatever's coming at you, you're going to be able to, to manage it and work through it. So what would you say to the individual that has not addressed their issues, but they say that they have found happiness? I think, you know, it depends. I think we come into this world with, um, with a, a kind of a, our own little personality. So it's a nature nurture kind of a thing. I think that we come into the world with a personality and then based on our experiences and our support and things that we have gone through, I think that it builds that personality and enhances that. I think that there's some people who just sort of go, have gone through trauma and it just rolls off their back. And, and maybe they have found that happiness. Maybe they have been able to recognize what's happened, but they live more in the moment or in the future rather than in the past. So, you know, it is, it's quite possible. Um, I think that you just have to be cautious that if it starts popping up in little ways, if you, if you get triggered by something, um, if you, um, you know, sometimes I think that, that we manage our, our emotions, we either internalize it or we externalize it. So if you externalize it, maybe you're judgmental, you're manipulative, you're angry or, uh, you know, whatever. And then, but if it's internalized, maybe you have a hard time sleeping or you're sad or depressed or anxious, or maybe your um, immune system is compromised. So, so you're, you're easily, you get sick. So we, the emotions go somewhere. Um, and it's just a matter of, of, are you managing your past? Um, or are you are you afraid of it? Have has maybe avoidance become a habit? And if you're avoiding, 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 then maybe you're telling yourself you're happy. Maybe it's the fake it till you make it. Um, but every now and then you have a rage, or every now and then you know you're having nightmares. Or so I think it's just a matter of really having that internal that self awareness of how am I doing given the things that I've been through in my past. Mm. That is so good. So for the individual that keeps saying, you know, or asking themselves, you know, why me when it comes to relationships, they're not working, they're failing. So why are people attracted to the same type of romantic partners? Ha, huh, that is the basis of my book. <laughs> That's the basic, you know, I, I always wanted to write a book and then I, I started writing. I thought, oh my God, this is really hard. So I did an online course and then I was like, oh my gosh, the marketing is so hard. So then I went back to the book and finished it. And now I've got a book and an online course. And that is the basis of the book is, you know, in my private practice, I talk with people about, um, about that question. Why am I attracted to the same kind of person? Mm -hmm. um, 
and why do I have all these failed relationships one after another? And, and you know, it's, it's very complex, but it's actually very simple. It's looking at understanding your family roles, how you grew up, um, how your attachment style, attachment theory is a whole other aspect that I go into, but basically it's, it's between zero and three is where you, you start to develop a personality, your personality, um, and learn, basically learn to trust the world and trust other people around you. So understanding your attachment style, personality, uh, how you grew up, how you communicated, how you learn to handle conflict. Um, based on, you know, I can always tell if couples that I work with are going to make it or not because it's how they handle conflict. That how you handle conflict has so much to do with what was role modeled to you growing up. And so I think that when you stop and look at why do I have all these, you know, failed relationships or why am I attracted to the same person? You ask yourself, what are you looking for? What are you compromising in yourself? Are you, are you compromising your non-negotiables? Do you even know what your non-negotiables are? And so the premise around what I want to try to help people with is, is build that relationship with yourself first. Build that relationship with yourself first. Strengthen that. Listen to your voice. Um, assert yourself. Understand when you're compromising. Ask yourself, why am I compromising? Um, so that you can be the most healthy person internally so that you're available for a healthy relationship because i think half the time people are going out there and they're just looking for something to fill a space or uh you know and it, it definitely took um, my own failed relationships that's sort of how everything came along and, and i uh, i was divorced and i had two little kids and i just thought oh my gosh i've got to get my act together i've got to figure out here i am doing couples counseling with people and I've got this like dumpster fire going on in my personal life. <laughs> and uh, and I think that by taking that step back, looking in the mirror, putting into action everything that I was helping other people. And, um, and you know, I, I think that that's when I figured it out. And, and now I'm engaged and, and very happy um, doing it very slowly, taking it our own non-traditional way. We don't live together because um, I've got my kids and that's just what I've chosen. But but I never would have really listened to myself if I hadn't have done the work. You know, I think sometimes too, you know, especially as therapists, coaches, we're so, it's easy for us to give advice and, you know, easy to tell people like, you know, the steps or like guide them, but it's so hard for us to take our own advice. Yes. <laughs> I, I would sit there doing couples counseling and I would, I would hear the words coming out of my mouth and I would think, holy cow, Tammy, if they even knew what was going on in your personal life, they'd probably get up and walk right out of that room. <laughs> you know, and that's so true because sometimes, you know, people would just look at the external and, you know, think that we have it all together, you know, whether you're a coach or they're a therapist or psychiatrist. And I was like, oh, they have it all together, but people don't know. Yeah. You know, the half the time we're saying things and it's like we're in a way, you know, talking to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have stuff. We all have stuff. Yeah. I yeah, like to definitely. think we're, we're perfectly imperfect. <laughs> yes. I like that. So how does childhood imprinting and family roles influence romantic relationships? Uh, you know, I think I've, I've built the premise from the theory of, um, of the, the family roles where there's the hero, the mascot, the enabler, the scapegoat, and the lost child. 
and uh, in the book, you know, I go through, there's diagrams. It's all, it's basically a workbook. So people are actually filling in spaces and answering questions for themselves. Um, but I think that, you know, the basically like the family hero is very um, guarded, pretty protected, um, doesn't like to, I'm just going to take one as an example. Um, and, and, but they're very outwardly, they're very successful. They've got it all together. Um, they're, you know, they show it, they, they make the family look good. And so, so oftentimes underneath all of that, you know, there's pros and cons to each, to each family role, but, um, but with, with a family hero, they tend to be very guarded, very, you know, kind of surface level emotion because, underneath all of that it's, it's kind of scary to look at what the vulnerabilities are and and they have a tough time being vulnerable so that person might not be attracted to a person who is you know gushing emotions and um and maybe that could be the enabler person um but you know where they want to take a look at themselves and they want to self-explore and they want to you know they 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 have a range of emotions that might be um, a little intimidating because it's kind of like oh, that's a little too much conflict for me I don't really like conflict and so so each person might not feel needed to the other person or they might feel dismissed. Um, but you can definitely take those sides and work together if you know where that's coming from. So I think that all of those imprintings along the way kind of make you, you have an idea of what is okay and acceptable and what's not okay and, and unacceptable. And it's about reworking some of those to understand where am I coming from and, and how can I communicate with my partner in a way that we're actually connecting and we're not you know, working against each other. So you said it's the family hero, the lost child, enabler, and mascot? And the, uh, oh, you threw me off. Let's see. <laughs> There's the, the family hero, the mascot, the enabler, the scapegoat, and the lost child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of these are in your book. Yep, there's a, the workbook that comes with, and and you can download it. And, uh, and so, Yep, on one of the pages is the family is a grid. Where am okay. I? And so it goes over, you know, how to um, define each role, um, what the strengths, what the weaknesses are, who they're likely to be attracted to, and mm -hmm. if they're attracted to that person, what are the strengths and the weaknesses of that relationship, uh, which gives them an opportunity to just have awareness. You know, I mean, I think that anything is workable if you've got awareness. But it definitely takes, I know this, it takes two to make a relationship work and it takes two to make a relationship not work. That is so true. That is so true. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned communication. So what is the foundation of a relationship and why is it is it crucial to communicating effectively? Um, this is one of my favorite parts about the book and the workbook is the foundation of a relationship. And, um, and it's another, actually... Here is this foundation of a let's see where am I of a relationship. Yep. So basically, what what I feel is that um, you know people start to the people come into me and, and want to talk about um, uh, all these little fights that they have. They argue about the dishes. They argue about the laundry on the floor. They argue about uh, who's doing more around the house or whatever. And, and I try to help them understand there's a foundation of a relationship. Every, you know, um, relationship with a family member, a colleague, uh, the, the thing that makes it different with your partner is the intimacy. 
but there's appreciation, respect, uh, trust, and communication. There's four aspects to the foundation of a relationship. And if any of those areas are compromised, um, the relationship starts to crumble. And, and if you're in a, in a romantic relationship, if any of those areas are compromised, then intimacy is often the first thing to go in a relationship. And it's not just the sex part, it's holding hands, it's snuggling on the couch, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, there's so many forms of intimacy. But if you think about it, if you don't feel respected, if you've lost trust, and, and trust doesn't just mean trust like someone's cheating on someone, it could be a trusting atmosphere, like creating a trusting environment so that you can communicate um, if you don't feel appreciated, last thing you want to do is be vulnerable and, and be intimate with somebody. And so, so that's oftentimes, you know, when people come in and they say, well, I'm just not connected. And so I look at, okay, well, what's going on in the, in the relationship? Where's this foundational aspect? So instead of fighting about who's doing what or not doing enough chores, you might turn it into, I don't feel respected when I have to pick up your socks every day off the floor. Or I don't feel appreciated when, you know, I've worked all day long and come home and you start barking orders at me or whatever. Uh, communication underneath that aspect, I believe, is, is a lot to do with conflict resolution, um, which is a whole other module and chapter. Because if, if you can't handle conflict, if you can't work through conflict, it just turns into all these unresolved um, issues, which turn into resentment. And that's a killer in a relationship. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So you mentioned your book, and I know you kind of like alluded a little bit to it. So what prompted you to write this book? And what exactly is the book about? Um, the book is called Preparing for the Jungle, Avoiding Snakes and Pitfalls on the Path to Healthy Love. And, um, you know, I think what prompted me was was really my own journey um, after getting divorced, after going through all of that, um, and also talking with my clients over and over and over with all these different people who were coming into my office about how do you find healthy relationships? How do you maintain healthy relationships? Um, it applies if you're in a relationship already and you're just kind of feeling disconnected. If you're in a relationship and you feel like it's really on the rocks, if you're out there and you're single and you're wanting to find that relationship, but you keep finding the same type of, of partner every single time. Um, you know, that's what I talked uh, so much with my clients about. And I thought, OK, there's got to be a systematic way, a strategy to put together from start to finish. And so I started um, gathering all my sticky notes together and, and pasting them. I've got, you know, boards all over my house trying to, you know, organize this stuff. And it just it just happened. I feel like you've got to start with the family roles. You've got to you got to know where you came from so you can know where you're going. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. So what will be three tips? for the individual that might be listening or watching this later on and they're in a relationship and they realize that it's an unhealthy relationship and they're ready for things to be different. Um, I kind of stand by, it's funny that you asked me this because I just now was writing something up last night. Um, I've got, I, I stand by three pillars and, and my three pillars, um, one is don't ever compromise your non-negotiables. Um, Underneath not compromising becomes knowing what your inner voice is, your intuition, 
And, and I think we all have that inner voice and it's, you know, when, when your confidence tanks, you start questioning your intuition and you think, am I overthinking? Am I not? Am I reading too much into this? And, you know, I think especially as women, our intuition is spot on. And, and so my first pillar is don't compromise what's important to you. Not meaning that you don't compromise in a relationship because relationships are all about compromise. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to be lonely forever. <laughs> um, but but don't compromise your inner voice, uh, what's important to you. That's my pillar number one. Um, pillar number two is stand up for yourself and be assertive. Um, I think that, that oftentimes we hold back and hold back and hold back, and then it comes out as being very aggressive. And then we don't get listened to. And, and when we get in that space, you know, people kind of look at you like, oh, you're kind of a wreck. Like, what's wrong with you? But being assertive is being very firm in, in what you believe in, but doing it with compassion. So, so being firm with what you say, but do it with compassion. You can, you know, there's no need to be angry and mean to other people. It doesn't work. Um, so that's my second pillar. Um, and then the third pillar is um, always continue to work on yourself. Um, just being able and being willing to self-assess, to self-reflect. It's hard work. You know, it's like you were saying earlier, it's a whole lot easier to, you know, say, well, that person needs to change and my partner messed up and, and they're always doing this. And they're, all, you know, it's like, wait, what's happening internally with me? And, um, hold on, Izzy, stop. <laughs> um, people are shoveling snow outside and <laughs> sitting there. Um, so, but, but yeah, I think that, that we're always working on something and you go through these stages of your life and, and it's important to step back and just kind of assess, like, how am I doing? Am I happy? Am I showing up as myself, as, as who I want to be uh, represented as? And if not, then, then there's all kinds of opportunities to help make that shift, but, but always be willing to be humble and, and work on yourself. That's so beautiful. So what's next for Tammy? What's coming up for you in 2022? Well, let's see. I've been working on this book and this course for about two years now, um, two or three years, I guess, with time's flying by. Um, the book is on Amazon and I'm on pre-sale right now. So April 19th, it'll be available for um, to, to purchase. But right now it's on pre-sale. And, um, you know, I'm working in different areas to promote the course. And then the course is just for people who want to dig a little deeper. Um, I do have a Facebook, um, it's a private group. It's called Women's Empowerment Toolkit. And for people who purchase the book or the course, that there's an option to go into a Women's Empowerment Toolkit VIP. Um, um, just it's for people who they want to ask some questions. They want to talk about the course. They want to, um, you know, I'll go in there and do some lives and just kind of some Q and A's and see how people are doing with it and what they're applying and, and what they need a little extra help with. Um, so yeah, you know, besides, besides that, I've got uh, my, my boys are 16 and 18. And so 2022 is going to be um, sending one off to college and, and being here with my my husband as a junior in high school, so um, yeah, and and my fiance and I we got engaged uh, right before the pandemic. Um, we haven't set a date, 
Uh, he lives about 35, 40 minutes away from me. <laughs> so between our jobs and my kids and, and you know, we, we get together as often as we can, but, you know, we're not in a hurry to, to move in and get married and we're just kind of taking it as it, as it works for us in our lives. So um, I'm optimistic for 2022. I feel like, you know, we've been through so much and there's a lot of healing to do. I think, um, you know, the, the level of anxiety for people over uh, the last couple of years, especially with this pandemic, is just off the charts. The trauma that we've all endured in one way or another, it's touched every single one of us. So I, I feel like 2022, I just feel like it's going to be a year of a lot of healing. Hmm. That is so true. That is so true. So in addition to being on Amazon and having the face, the private Facebook group, where else can our audience connect with you and learn more about you? Probably the best way is my website. Um, it's uh, healthyhealing.net. So healthyhealing.net. And um, you can learn more about me, but I've also got a learning resources page where um, there's a few freebies to sign up for about anxiety, um, confidence, um, there's, uh, one, there's a 12 steps to, uh, it's called kicking anxiety's ass. Um, and it's a 12 step deal, but it's, it's a paid one. I think it's $47, but there's, um, there's a yoga, there's uh, videos for each of these steps mm -hmm. and I've got yoga, I've got meditation, I've got, uh, handouts and tools and, but there's a couple free ones on there too. And then of course, access to the book and the course. So probably my website, um, I've got my email, my phone number on there. So probably the best way to learn more and reach out to me if anyone has any questions. Awesome. And I'll be sure to capture all that in the show notes. So okay. as we get ready to wrap up and close out, what would be a fearless tip for 2022 that anyone who is watching us or listening to us can implement this very day? All right. I think that to summarize it, I think you've got to know your truth, speak your truth and live your truth. I think that if, if you if you work from that premise, you're taking the best care of yourself. You're showing up the best way that you possibly can. And you're taking care of others around you. I love that so much. Thank you, Tammy, for being with us today. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. You're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode. And I hope that the conversation with Tammy was helpful. Make sure that you connect with her and get a copy of her book. Remember, you're a priority and you matter. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring and motivating. Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous prize at the end of the month. You can leave a review on iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my Fearless Living Coach page on Facebook if you are an Android user. And as always, remember, you are fearless, you are fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. See you next time. If you're enjoying this episode, check out High Vibe Table Talks, where we start to remove mental barriers and take action now so you can achieve your someday desires. I'm your host, Mershawn Hargrave, and if you've ever heard that little voice inside to go after something, but the fear around the unknown felt too big, this is the podcast for you. Listen and subscribe to High Vibe Table Talks on the Jazzcast Pros Network with the podcast listener you're using right now, because it is high time you activated your high vibes.